so good how are you good can you hear me like okay yeah can you hear me i'm on my headphones yeah no you're great so freaking windy right now yeah it's wild um have you sorry have you i have a question this is not podcast related but may still be interesting to the audience um tell me what you know about dh gate oh DHgate, everybody's obsessed with it. I know. Um, I've ordered a few things on there. I don't remember what. It was a long time ago, but I mean, it works for what you're needing it for. Yeah, it's it's a it's an investigative process. Yeah, and and it's one of those like you have to find the right like um, supplier. supplier. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just, I just don't give a fuck about getting on social media that much, but I also have like a, I feel like I have an operative named Millie who just like updates me on all the important things. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't really have to like care that much or obviously I would have to care, but she was like, mom, you should really look at DHgate. And I was like, okay and so funny yeah i got a um one of the lululemon like scuba zip things today it came today and i was like before i opened the bag i was like holding my breath because you know how weird stuff can smell like that's like knockoff and it yeah it was fine it was it's like literally perfect and can you even really tell a difference? No, but I got a pair of Air Maxes that are <laughs> trash. Stop. Yeah. So, you know. You win it's, some, you lose some. You do. You do. But I was right. like, is this the thing like everyone knows? Like, am I late to this? But I feel like I'm on the later end, but some people still don't know. So. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're fine. I feel like it's getting a lot of attention right now but I also I don't know if the side of TikTok that I'm on everybody just talks about DHgate all the time so it's something that I see pretty frequently gotcha yeah yeah it's like the bump, the Brazilian butt bum cream I feel like it's totally fairly, yeah it's new to not new to my world but like just now getting hip and everybody knows about it yeah I I totally get what you're saying um, well, yeah, I just had to put that out there because I was like, I'm really impressed with this, the zip up, but I'm really embarrassed by the Air Maxes. And I was like, <laughs> do people know? I think, I think the people know, I think the DH gate gold is when you can find a supplier that you can then like recommend to all your friends. Right. Like, yeah. But Two, I feel like it can be inconsistent. It's like hair extensions, quite honestly. Like, it's it's like finding a supplier that you love and you're like, I mean, you can try them, but I'm honestly not sure what kind of hair they're going to send you. That yeah. was the greatest tie together I think I've ever experienced, honestly. 
Well, I mean, it's all from China, so are we that surprised? <laughs> like, that was so, that was so impressive. Thanks. Truly, yeah. yeah. I mean, you but know, you're right. My brain only goes in like ten different rooms, you know, and so one of them is hair extensions, another of them is fashion and style and clothing. So, <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. But it is kind of the same thing because it's like. I mean, I guess, I guess unless you're ordering or if you're like buying from, that's, I guess the price point that, that companies like Lululemon can like hold over people's head as if like you get a trash item, it's like so easy to go like replace it. Or if you have an issue, they're just like right there, but it's expensive. But if you like take a chance and get something good quality for like no money. Right. Well, and I guess that's kind of the, like, that's how the, you know, you can either order wholesale or you can order from a supplier, right? And it's the same thing. If you're ordering from a supplier, I think a lot of them have gotten better about over the last few years, their customer service. And if you have issues with hair, you can reach back out to them where I feel like a lot of times with the supplier, it's like, well, you're just kind of shit out of luck. (laughs) I feel like, yeah, I, I actually, my experience it can go both ways like really it can it yeah. really can and dep- I, I know it yeah I think you have and this is like a real thing too I mean obviously these companies that we order here from um I, I, like absolutely have access to like google you or, or look at your social media so they can see how much of a um you know a voice you have if they were to send you bad hair or good hair, you know, like obviously that would come back on them. So I definitely think they, uh, they're way more like inclined to send shitty hair to people who like, they don't know who the fuck they are. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I I don't know though, because, and maybe this is where like wholesale can be different I don't know because I've I've gotten some shitty hair from big brands too you know what I mean where they you're not ordering direct from a wholesaler and you know I've like reached out and like hey this is my experience with the hair and they're like oh no you know it's just a bad batch so here's what we're willing to do or here's what you can do so I mean because we just went through some bad batches of hair recently actually I talked Um, to I talked to Simi about that. Oh my gosh, I haven't talked to you about that. Um, she was telling me about that. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And actually, that particular, we don't have, obviously, we're not going to say the brand, but I stopped ordering. Um, I actually have only ordered like the the Genius Weft, like the Weft with the like adhesive at the top kind of, instead mm-hmm. of the hand tied. I've only ordered it like maybe a handful of times, like three times. And it just always was too heavy, and I felt like my stitching wouldn't lock with it. So I was just like, fuck it. But Simi yeah. said that was the hair that you guys w- were having the issue with, if I recall correctly. Not the hand tie, but, like, kind of the genius weft. Yep. Yeah. 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 So I was like, So yeah. we've had a few clients that – we had one client. She came in. I mean, we had done her new install, I think, six weeks prior. And bless her heart, she was traveling so much that she was like, I couldn't have even gotten in here if I want- would have wanted to. It was a matted mess. I was a 
called and she's been my client for like three years. So you know that it's not just a random person coming in. You know what I mean? It's not like she's you been my client. Yes. I, I know how she takes care of her hair and the results we were seeing were just completely abnormal. So hopefully the hair we replaced it with is, is going to be okay. So we have a few different like options that we're ordering from. So we just switched up the brand and, and I still need to get back with my, the place I source it with. Um, Cause they, they were wonderful when I, when I reached out, which was like a month ago and just with the holiday and stuff, I, I've dropped the ball on getting back with them, but yeah, it's like that kind of stuff is frustrating. And that's where, you know, we'll constantly tell you, don't put all of your eggs in one basket with hair, with an extension method, with anything, you know what I mean? It's just, it's too unpredictable. It, the hair is specifically hair sourcing. It, you might be great for a while and then something happens and either you just get a bad batch and then that's that, or you get multiple bad batches and and you're out thousands and thousands of dollars. Do you replace your clients? How do you handle it with your clients when they get bad batches of hair? Do you eat the cost or what do you do? Always. I always eat the cost. Yeah. Me um, too. Cause it's not their fault. No. I mean, uh-huh. as long as and- they eat, like I have a, I had a client. She's been with me forever. Um, she only has one row and I don't, she has like literally level four or five hair. She, it's like a very simple routine and she was last person that got a, a bad batch of hair it was probably like a year and a half ago yeah um, yeah and I like as soon as you look at it you should know and oh I just I don't know if I had the hair because she wears pretty long hair I don't know if I had it in stock or whatever but I took a look at it um and then I think I had to order it but regardless yeah I just ordered new hair for her replaced it yeah so I try to put myself in, in, in the situation too. It's like, if I was invested with someone, which, you know, my clients are obviously, especially if they've been with me for a while, it's like, you know, these is, these are very, um, you know, they're people you have a relationship with. And yeah. if that was me, obviously, and I was coming to someone else's business like that and it was no one's fault, I would kind of expect them to take the responsibility for just no one's error but you know what I mean take responsibility for the business side of it totally I can't imagine being like well mistakes happen it's just totally out of my control you have to order new hair like what yeah you know I can't either but I think some stylists they just that's a question that I get asked all of the time what do you do if you have a bad batch of hair and you know, they're like, why well, I usually make them pay for it. it. You'd be shocked at how many stylists do because they're so, but also this is part of why it's important to understand your pricing on mm. the hair as well and how you're pricing your wefts. Because if you have clients that are having bad batches of hair and you don't have any sort of profit margin on the hair of no wonder you don't want to replace it. No wonder you need your clients to like you know what I mean by it um it's it's no it's no one else no other business does business like that it's like you don't go anywhere and buy anything for the cost of the product like that's the whole point is that like we are the business we have access to the things so like you're paying for the convenience and the thing you know yeah completely but again 
so many stylists do not operate their businesses that way. Yeah, I know. There's no profit margin on the hair. And so they're running a a really tight. They're running a 504C uh, nonprofit. (laughs) Honestly, kind of. Yeah. The tax status. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it's it's, it's so stressful. It's crazy to think people feel bad about that. It's like, I don't feel bad. I mean, that's just, I I don't have any emotion towards it, I guess. It's not that I don't feel bad or I feel good about it. It's like, that's just what it is. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. And again, because, and this is why inside of our coaching, we encourage stylists to only use hair that can be sourced as a professional you know what I mean where Mm -hmm. they either are checking your credentials or it's not just like anybody can go place a hair order and you know because if if you're using I don't even want to put anybody on blast but like they have hair available and a lot of uh education companies do this some of the really really big ones um, where you can just go directly to the site and purchase, whether it's clip-ins, whether it's whatever, they have them available for consumer purchase. And and so stylists are coming in like, well, why, wh- how can I ch- upcharge for this hair when they can just go online and get it themselves? I'm like, you, you can't. So that's why you need to source your hair from somewhere else. Um, and it takes research. It takes or- trial and error, unfortunately. Um, you can source it from wherever you want to source it from. But I, I think the main point is like, from my point of view, like, I don't even think it matters who you get the hair from as long as you like the hair and it's good hair. But more importantly, you don't owe anyone an exploit. You don't owe a client like an, uh, like term paper about where you get your hair from. Like totally. It's, it, it's I think, honesty is obviously important in business but but that type of transparency is is unnecessary like it doesn't mean anything and also you could be lying that's what like clients need to understand is like any stylist on any given day anywhere can tell you whatever they want and there's no way for you to know so it's it's more important to have clients that trust you or to find a style if you're a client to find a stylist you trust yeah absolutely to do the right thing like like you and I you know if there's a bad batch of hair we replace the hair like that's that's going to be way more important to my clients than a company that I order hair from because like they don't care no they don't and I think they I think it's kind of insane for like that's a huge red flag in a client for me I mean I don't take on clients that like badger me about me uh, either. like where your hair comes from because they're not understanding like yeah. my business you know yeah well and I think the thing that we get hung up on right and and again this is because a lot of hair companies this is all a what hair companies have done in their advertising their marketing so they have gotten the client attached to a hair brand so then clients are like oh I want to because they're marketing to both the stylist and the client I want to use this source of this hair whatever blah 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 but what what we don't think about is the fact that 
it it can go any which way the direction you know what I mean like it can go poor really quickly I just lost my train of thought shit um it's the what people like what clients I think don't realize is they are being marketed to and in the same um like way stylists they can they can say anything to make you happy so if someone shows up in my chair and says I only want Bellamy here or I only want to covet main here I only whatever like I can say yeah I supply like yeah I work like what how what there's no lie detector test like silence can no. say whatever they want to say totally I remembered what I was going to say um you also and you I always like to bring examples from other industries because it sounds insane when you really truly think about it so you're not going and asking the girl doing your eyelash extensions which brand of eyelashes she uses you're not asking your nail tech which kind of acrylic she's using you're not asking even your colorist what color line are you using to achieve these results you care your client cares about the result why are we offering information to clients that truly it's it's not their decision where you source anything from is not up to them because again products can be flawed there can be things that go wrong you may a distributor may not distribute to your area anymore whatever like there are so many factors into that and so when you are publicly just saying like this is what i use this is what i use this is what i use when you have to stop using that thing for whatever reason you now have to get your clients on board to whatever new thing that you are now offering because you pigeonhole yourself into a position where this is the only thing that I'm using. This is why it's the best X, Y, Z. Like this is where you have to market yourself as the stylist, not the products that you're using, not the hair that you're using, not the method that you're doing. You as the stylist are the prize. Anyone can have the tools but how you utilize the tools is what makes the magic happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A solution too to like, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, this all sounds good. But like when a client is in front of my face, like what, what, what's the actual solution to that? The like badgering of the client or whatever. Like I just started kind of like in my mind having a script that I like just, literally like rattle off because like you just you have to not get like worked up with it with clients too so like literally I just make it very simple and I just say um um I've created personal connections with my wholesale suppliers and so I choose not to share who I order hair from because it is a very competitive ordering process and Unfortunately, um, you know, like sharing the names doesn't help anyone in any way. And these are personal relationships that I have with suppliers who own or who um, who only sell to licensed stylists. So like you, I mean, and honestly, I just I just took that was just a circle of a sentence that really means nothing and everything at the same time. It's like just sound professional and, and say you have a relationship with these people and that you don't share. Like, right. where are they going to be like, yes, you do. Like, you just have to be confident and be like, yeah, it's, these are the wholesalers that they know me. They only sell to licensed professionals and I don't share that information. Yeah. 
that's I just say like oh I don't public I don't share my my Instagram answer is I don't publicly share where I source hair from I have multiple vendors but if a client asks it's oh I actually have multiple vendors that I order through just in case of quality control issues basically and that usually kind of squashes it I also guarantee my clients hair and if that is a concern for them I'm like you don't have to worry if there's anything wrong with this hair I will make sure personally that it's handled I, th- I think that's a real solution to it is that yeah like the word guarantee is a great great word so like you can even say that to your clients too or to potential clients like you know I don't share um who I source my hair from I order from multiple vendors who only sell to licensed professionals and um even though I don't share you know who I order it from I always guarantee the hair that I use or whatever yeah yeah period period. Yeah. I think it, I think they're just Instagram, social media is great. The wave of transparency I think is appreciated, but I do think there's like almost too much that can go into it for clients. And, and I think if clients are so set on bringing their own hair, they're so set on doing it themselves, then either find a stylist who's okay with doing that for you or do it yourself at home. You know what I mean? And I don't, I don't say that lightly, but it's like, this is not how my business operates. I don't tolerate this inside of my business, nor do you have to tolerate it as the stylist either. If you do not like what someone is requesting, what someone is asking, you have the ability to say no. But I think most stylists really struggle saying no. We are taught from the very beginning of our career to say yes to everything. You say yes to staying late. You say yes to coming in early. You say yes to anyone that wants to pay you. Saying no is not taught to us. And the freedom inside of your business is actually on the other side of learning how to say no. And to keep it real and to be honest with ourselves, it's not like we know that much about the companies we order here from. I mean, there's really, and I've tried, there's really no way to like, to really know much because it isn't, you know, the hair extension industry is completely unregulated. It's, you know, yeah. there's, there's no global regulation of the buying, selling, or trading of hair extensions. So like, companies in the same way we can tell our clients literally this hair is from this place it's from this company blah blah blah. the company that we're buying it from can tell us whatever they want to so you know it's just important to find like to try different types of hair to find brands that um send you good good hair and then you know to just keep searching for for good hair brands too because you know at some point it's it's also it's a human product too so it's going to be flawed naturally so like you know it's good to keep your options open with a couple brands yeah I agree and people just want so much clarity I think um like that with a lot of stuff like people we order this is just as an example um Derek and I order, uh, we split a cow with his brother every year. So we buy from a local farmer 
cacao and yeah. we have it sent to a butcher and then we like deep freeze it until we use all of it. And I had a client who was asking about it and cause her and her family wanted to do that. And, um, you know, naturally that she and her family had like a lot of questions about, you know, how the cow was raised and what kind of food it ate and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, they're going to have to talk to the farmer about that. Like, I don't know the specifics of that. I just trust this local farmer that we know. And it, in the same way, it's like, if you find someone you trust, you have to kind of like, let that be the answer. You have, you yeah. have to let go of control. We can't control every little thing and, no, and it's nothing. Her curiosity is very, I understand it. It's just not a, it's not questions that I have because, because I just, I don't want to spend my time asking those questions. You know, I'd rather yeah. spend my time finding someone I trust to do the right thing on my behalf and like leaving it there. I agree. Cause we could go down, down that rabbit hole with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. ultimately it's like that farmer could lie to, you know, to anybody about, what his cow's eating or how it's raised or whatever but like you know hopefully he wouldn't but also it's probably going to be annoying to like answer all those questions instead of just being like hey you got referred to me like just trust me yeah I agree well and that's and again I think that's part of too knowing who your ideal client is and making sure you're doing everything in your ability to attract that ideal client because I know for me, my ideal client, she trusts whatever I do. She trusts where I source the hair from. She trusts that if there's a problem, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of it. She trusts that if she comes to me with a problem, I'm going to hear her and address it. I'm not going to accuse her. I'm not going to come at her and make her feel uncomfortable for coming to me with a problem. Like she knows that we can have open communication and we're going to resolve her issue. There are some things with hair extensions that are outside of the stylist control. They're outside of the client's control. And that just is what it is. But all of that is, it all ties together. It, your ideal client, your, where you're sourcing your hair from, your ability to communicate, you know, your ability to say no, like all of those things compile into creating a business that runs how you want it to run yeah and being confident too about like what what you're actually offering and knowing like that you're confident you know what you're doing but you're going to make mistakes even like I've, I've I have to every once in a while I'll have to like retone somebody or whatever and it's just like yeah because I'm not a robot but also like I'm just going to do that because that's the right thing to do. And you don't have to make a big deal about it either. Like and clients for the most part, you just want stuff done right. They don't care, but right. you know, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, it's about actually not lying to yourself and being like, I know how to do this, whether it's extensions or color or whatever. Cause that's when you get into trouble because you know, if you don't actually like have the skill and know what you're doing <laughs> and, but you just need money or whatever you think like, maybe it'll be okay. And then you fuck up. That's when it's like, you know, that's when you do kind of lose trust or, um, things just, you know, get messy. Totally. So making sure you feel solid about like your business, what you do offer charging appropriately. Yeah. It all, it all folds in. I don't know. 
it's crazy to think how like nervous or scared or like worked up I used to be about anything in my business because now I'm just like I like everything is flexible and and like but also I you know my I'm very like proficient with what I do yeah you know yeah well I think too what came to me while you were sharing that how you used to freak out right everything in your business has the ability to be changed at any given moment by you so we we get so worked up we get so upset or we stress ourselves out over things that truly don't have to be the same way tomorrow and that's the thing that I think business has taught me is like if you try something or you do something and it doesn't work great you just found a way that doesn't work and now you can be a problem solver and either go back to what you were doing or you can try to find a different way to make it work so if you are looking at your pricing and you hate your pricing and it's not working for you, great, let's try a new pricing. And then if that doesn't work, guess what? Even though you hated your old pricing, if you want to, you can go back to it. Or maybe it's time, okay, I tried something new with my pricing. I had no idea what I was doing. You can either try something else again or you can find someone to help you with it. You know, like you're never, Mm -hmm. you're never stuck. The thing that keeps you stuck is you always. Yeah. Just in old habits and everything. It's like, you know, even with clients, like clients always have the right to flip out. That's always, they have that right. But like, you don't, you have the right to, to just like, be like, damn, somebody's being crazy today, whether it's over text or in person or whatever, like that doesn't mean anything necessarily about you now. Like yeah maybe something happened with that particular client or they don't you know they were surprised by a price increase or something like but okay like the the fact that a client is acting inappropriately over dramatic about you know a change or a surprise or something new like that's literally embarrassing (laughs) So then like, yeah. if that does not mean you've done anything wrong or if you did make a mistake or whatever, that does not mean that they're right in that situation. It just means like, yeah, they have that right to flip out, but like that, that doesn't mean you have to respond with that level of intensity, you know, like that's what I've learned too, is just like when people flip out, like, okay. Yeah. You know, I can still be like. I hear what you're saying, you know, like I, I'm more than happy to like go back and like fix or take a look or whatever, but like, you don't have to meet them on 10 just because they're having a bad day or just can't deal with things. Well, and it's, they're projecting whatever's going on with them onto you. And that's not your responsibility to hold or to carry. So again, like Hannah said, like, you can't control what they do. So if if there's an issue and a client's coming at you, that's not on you. That's on them. But the only thing you can control is how you respond to it. And that's always easier 
said than done, especially in the moment. If if it's an in-person thing and emotions are high or you get a text message that you're super triggered by. One of the things my dad used to drill into my head, I've probably shared this a million times here, but it's he who angers you controls you. But you can take out anger with really any emotion, any feeling, right? You're giving that person power over you. But I, one of the most valuable things I have learned is to not respond from an emotional state yourself, you know, and if I feel like most confrontation between client and stylist nowadays happens via text or email. And so if somebody tells you something comes at you, makes you flip out or sorry, is flipping out on you, you don't have to respond right away. I always say like, if it makes me feel something in that moment, it makes my chest tight. It makes my palms sweat. It makes me instantly like feel like I got punched in the gut. I'm not responding. I'm going to wait until that emotion, it might not completely go away when you open that message back up, but until I can control how a little bit better, at least until I can get myself together to not be as emotional as I was in the instant, I'm not going to respond. So there's always that too. You can, you can control you. That's it. How is somebody else is treating you coming at you? It's a reflection of them, what's going on in their lives, maybe even who they are as a person, or maybe they're just having a bad day, but it truly has nothing to do with you. And it's not necessarily the truth. Yeah. You don't have to, not in like a delusional way, like not in like, I'm not saying your own truth, but I'm, you know, like just because someone writes words on, you know, types words on a phone or types up an email or even says something to your face, that doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean that that's what it is. Like, you know, like I could, Haley, I could walk up to you and be like, your eyes are purple. I cannot believe your eyes are purple. And like, if you were to believe that you would go crazy because like you in your mind would be like, what, what is she talking about? Like, oh my gosh. And like, I could just be over here colorblind. You know what I mean? Like, and that could be my truth. Like this could be the client's truth and the, from the point of view they're coming at, but that doesn't mean that it's like a sane truth. That doesn't mean it's like a mentally stable truth. Just means like, that's what they're feeling or thinking at the time from their point of view. And that doesn't mean that's your same experience. And it doesn't have to be if that's not what your experience is, you know, like, yeah. You know what I was thinking of, it's like when clients who maybe they are new to extensions, whatever, and they have a front bead slip or their bead pops and you get a panicked text of like, Oh my God, my hair's falling out. And you're like, Oh shit. And, and they're freaking out. So you're freaking out. And then you have them come in and they walk in and you're like, Oh, this is actually no big deal. Or it could be like a uh, like (laughs) scrunched stitches on the front, like flap over it. Totally. Yeah. But totally. Them, it's not laying, especially if they're new. Yeah. Like you said, like it's not laying as flat as it was, like, you know, the first two weeks. And as it like kind of grows out. Yeah. Like weird. Yeah. And they, they may not be used to like taking care of it properly either. Or they just may not understand, like, if three stitches scrunched together, like, don't 
don't pull the fire alarm, please. Like just go on with your life unless it's like hurting you or style your hair. Yeah. So from that point of view, like that is their truth. And like, I think that's where we can meet people in the middle too and be like, I understand like you got your fingers up there and that feels weird, but like everything's totally okay. Or I I can like restitch this and try to lay it a little bit flatter, but like, yeah, I can understand that you would think something might be going on. Totally. Yeah. That is funny. That's so true. That's the worst when you're like, shit, what have I done wrong? Oh no. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, um, everything's intact. Yeah. Like everything's actually fine. I'm just, this isn't as big of a deal as it's being made. Yeah. And we all do that too. It's like, you know, that's why it's good too to remember that like we all make mistakes. We all get dramatic about things to a certain extent. And like people have, I know people have, you know, all throughout my life been very gracious and like been patient with me in in my moments of like seeming maybe unreasonable in a way and like didn't make a big deal about it. And instead of taking it on themselves and freaking out just like let me have that moment and was like okay you know totally and it's and too if you're just dealing with a like I would never talk to anyone who did any type of service on me like in in a certain like I'm always reasonable with people even if I get like shitty service at a restaurant or even if like I've gotten my nails done in the past by a random person and they like absolutely sucked like what type of person is just like a monster in that situation? Like, it's just, it's not a person that I even understand, let alone like want to deal with. No, I agree. I think, I think the thing though, to keep in mind is that you're, you're a conscious human being, Han, and you live your life intentionally and you try every day to be the best version of yourselves like many of us do, but there are people who don't live their lives that way. That's true. You know, emotion is the running force of how they live their life. They live their life in an emotional, continual emotional state. Their emotions dictate everything that they do. Yeah. And And self-reflection, even to understand that like those emotions aren't them as an actual person. Totally. But they, they can't see past the emotion. And I've definitely had my, you know, phase of life where I think I lived that way and it was wild. You know what I mean? But Mm -hmm. you don't have to live that way. You don't have to at all. So I think it's just being aware, having that self-awareness, but there are people who definitely don't have it. And I don't know that they are looking to have it. Yeah. So it's, it's also kind of not fair to even hold them to the same standard. Right. Because, and that's where, again, if, if I have anybody coming at me in that emotional state, I, I almost, I feel like I'm almost talking to a toddler where I'm like, cool. in my mind, like, I thought them. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, bless your um, heart. Like, yeah. you just need to get this out. You're just having a tough time. You don't, you don't even know any better. And yeah. I, like, I, I feel like I'm in the position that I can hold the space for that. I can, I can take it. I, does it suck? Yeah. Is it fun? No. But 
one of us has to behave like a rational, normal human being. And I'm always going to choose to be that person (laughs) always, every time, because I have the capabilities of doing so. I've done the work to do so, but not everybody has. So I I really do almost look at them like I would, and you almost have to talk to them like they're a child. I hear you. I hear what you're saying, you know? And to receive that feedback and not to get personal too. Like that's one of my favorite Mm -hmm. skills I've developed is like, like I was saying earlier, being like, oh, okay. Like you can, I understand what you're saying, but that doesn't mean that's, you know, that's anything to me. Like, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm being a dick to you either. Like from your point of view, that is like, you're saying from like an emotionally, maybe like immature point of view, like I can actually understand that, but like, I'm not taking that on as like the truth totally and just being willing to like I have a good example that I feel like you'll appreciate um let's hear being willing to to just like change your mind and to learn new things and to be like oh I was being closed-minded about something or like I feel differently now um so I've always just been I don't know why but you know how some like celebrities or people in in like I don't know, you see stuff on like YouTube or TikTok or Instagram. You're just like, I don't, that person bothers me or they're annoying or I don't know why everyone like loves them. I've always kind of felt that way about Tony Robbins. Like he was just too much for me. He just like talked too much. And I just, I was just so annoyed, but I'm just like, I don't care. You know, like it was almost like too good to be true or like it felt culty from the outset. And so I was just like, that was my opinion. Like, He's just, it was almost, he was almost too happy and positive. How, how toxic of me to be like, how dare you be so positive? But I don't even find it toxic. I just, I, my life had set me up to a certain point to be like a skeptic or to like look out for, for things in a certain way because of how my life was up until a certain point, you know? So it was like, I was always kind of looking for like the hole in something. And I was always like, He's just too good to be true, whatever. But then, uh, I don't know if it was last week or whenever, he um, did an interview with Theo Vaughn, who I absolutely love, who's like goofy and like not super positive all the time, but just like, you know, he's a comedian, he's whatever. And I completely changed my mind about it. And I was like, I'm glad that someone that is just like different or like a comedian or somebody who doesn't take stuff too, too serious was open, but you know, that was also famous, was open to like interviewing Tony Robbins on in a long form, like interview because it changed my mind about him. And I was like, wow, I do really like this guy. Or I think he has really good things to share or say. And I was wrong about just like assuming that he was just like toxic positivity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think to just willing to have your own mind changed is is a a good thing like in business and just in life yeah yeah and also it's just realistic too because it's like you like I don't know everything I don't really know anything yeah but I you you're a Tony Robbins person aren't you um I I actually did a Tony Robbins course he's not somebody that I 
pay a ton of attention to. Okay. I thought you'd done um, or not. Done yeah, I did. Like I did a course. It was actually what helped me start getting into coaching. I had done it when it was. I bought it. It was an online thing. Um, maybe five or six years ago, probably six years ago now. And I did nothing with it for like a year. And it was Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And it was, once I did go through it, it was great. Um, but it was still just kind of like the tip of the iceberg for me. There was so much more I needed to go into before, before it truly resonated. So, but I've always been this a more, I'm, I'm super positive in my day-to-day life. So that kind of stuff resonates with me so much more than, you know, anything else, but he wasn't somebody that I was like, Oh, Tony Robbins, Tony Robbins. But I also was like, Oh yeah. Like if I, if there would be a podcast that would be interesting, I would listen to it or, um, and actually that's where my business coach, that's where I found him was through the Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi course. Yeah. And like you're saying too, it's not like you like worshiped him. Like you just, you found his philosophies or his interviews or whatever interesting. And like, that's a great point too, is it's, I think what I've found to be like the best way to grow or just understand like myself and get better is to be like more well-rounded and to listen to people that maybe like, you know, I, I, didn't find interesting at first but like not Mm -hmm. get like not like live by the word either I think I have a tendency to get like obsessive with things or to get really really into a certain thing and then like latch on to that yeah and as I've gotten older and I just I don't know matured more and like kind of settled down like I've realized it's good to have like different sources of just inspiration or um, education or knowledge. Cause I think <laughs> that's where we get in trouble, even in the hair industry is like getting so locked in with one brand or one education system and thinking like they know everything and they're the ones who are going to like tell me how things are done or lead me to the Holy land. I agree. It's, I think, I think it's slowly changing, but I definitely think when we first got into it, that's what it was. Honestly, because I think there weren't as many options as there are now. Um, But I think too, just keeping in mind that, you know, the educators that you become obsessed with or the people that you start loving, 90% of them aren't any different than than you or than me, right? Like they, they're just putting themselves out there. They just are putting themselves in the public view, whether that's through social media or another outlet, right? And they're connecting with people who relate to them or who are trying to, you know, by putting their work out there, they're showing what is possible for you to do. And it's, you start feeling connected to that because that's something that you want as well. But you really have to remember that they're, they're not the end all be all, you know, but you can also, you can, I don't want to say do the same thing. Cause right. You like, you should strive to be the best version of you, but 
I don't know, just the people that you think are this like holy grail. And I think, I think there's something to be said about, you know, respecting what somebody can do, but also just realizing like they're just, they're still human. There's this, you know, I'm into what they're doing, but at the end of the day, like I also have to do what's best for me and my business. You know what I'm saying? Is that making sense? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It actually, it kind of makes me think we talked about this, um, over text and on the phone before, but I don't think we've really like circled it around to the podcast. Like I've taken a different view, um, on like finding kind of like a mentor or like someone in, in that like kind of, I don't know, regard. Cause I just think, I don't, I just feel differently about it now. Like, do you think it's still worth, or do you think that's something like worthwhile to try to find an individual or try to find a, um, someone to look up to like the girls that are in your coaching program are they like you'd mentioned they they kind of some of them are lost about finding people to look up to like do you think that's still a valuable search kind of like I I don't necessarily and I'm in a different space too like business-wise but I don't necessarily think you have to have a mentor or have to have somebody you like look to for for the path but I think it's good to have like peers like you know that are with you I think I don't know that's a good question do I think you can do it on your own on Absolutely. your own because I think it's good to have like I think it's good to have hair friends or have people that even if it's you're not super close with them like I think it's good to meet people whether it's at a hair class or at the salon you're in or people you went to hair school with or whatever and to stay in contact with them like I said I don't you don't have to be best friends with them but I do think it's really really important and probably necessary to have people to bounce ideas off of Mm -hmm. but I don't necessarily think that I don't think that it is I don't think that you have to have someone at like at the end of the finish line that you're aiming towards like Okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. So like, you're like, I want to be just like this person. Right. And I think like, also, what does a mentor mean to every single person? Like I think of a mentor as like someone who sees you like, and where you are in whatever aspect of life, whether it's your business or personal life or whatever, and is further along than you are in a similar way that you want to be. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I also know that mentors can be people that are just, I don't I think of a mentor as kind of like, a, um, yeah, like a big sister. Yeah. So I guess I feel like for me, when I am looking for a mentor, I am I and I'm only going to speak from my experience. I have had amazing experiences with mentors. Um, and I don't know that while I'm pursuing more inside of my business and inside of my personal life, I don't know that I will ever not have one. 
for me because I like the accountability of having somebody checking in on me every week of being like, okay, are we moving the needle forward or what do you need this week of like, you know, support wise. And that's a very specific Um, thing too. Like that, that is interesting to hear because like my idea of a mentor is so much more of like a kind of a blank piece of paper where yours is like a very specific, like that your understanding of a mentor is someone who does this thing and this thing on this time schedule. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I, but I think, I mean, I've gone without a mentor um, in, in parts of my career, I started my career without a mentor and then I had mentors and then I went back to not having a mentor. I have just noticed the biggest differences in both my personal and professional life, having someone that I can go to, to hold space for me and whether it's in my business or whether it's in my personal life, I have also I know in the times of my life where I did not have a mentor, I felt stuck and, and not stuck in like a, I think there's a difference between being comfortable and confident with where you're at in your life. Um, But when you feel stuck, like this can't be all that there is for me in my life. And I didn't know how to pull myself out of those feelings. And so for me, I am going to, play at my biggest when I'm investing money back into myself. What, no matter what that dollar amount is, I, I have a like dollar amounts that I know if I spend it, I, I'm going to take action on it. And I have dollar amounts that, you know, it's almost not enough for me to spend to make me take action. So I have to feel it financially for myself and in my, the time that I'm spending each week or each month or whatever that looks like. So I, but I don't think you have to have a mentor, but I think having a mentor gets you there faster a lot of times. And I think having a mentor, like, again, this is like, if you have a specific vision for what you're wanting to accomplish or you're, you need to expand your knowledge in an area or you're trying to grow in this way, right? Um, it gets you there faster, but it also, and it holds you accountable it also, you're not doing it alone. And I don't think we're meant to do life alone. I don't think we're meant to do business alone. I think, I think there's so much about us as humans, we crave community, right? I can't tell you the number of stylists that come in or that we talk to, whether it's in coaching calls or DMs or they're craving community. And, and I think that's where these... It, brands have they've latched onto this like there's that community aspect there's also this person that they view as this like I don't even want to say higher power because I I don't say that and I don't want to be like in a mocking way of that but they view this person at the head of it as like this person that they can you know look up to and that it can solve all of their problems where it's almost like preying on the things and maybe praying is not the wrong word, but it, it almost is like using the things that stylists are wanting or needing inside of their lives and their businesses um, in, in a little bit of a negative light. You know what I'm saying? But I, I do think for me, I can't speak 
more highly of having a mentor, but I, could I have put myself in a different position? Absolutely. Do I think I would be where I'm at right now without my mentors? No, not even close. Not even close. This is so interesting. So to you, a mentor, what I'm hearing is it's a paid position. It's like a coach. Cause my understanding it's, just, it's good to have these conversations. Like I've had people that I've called mentors and actually I've had like a people in the past who have called me their mentor, who like, <laughs> it's just such a loosey goosey word because like, I think people throw it around a little bit and, and, and can, and do use it like, without without a back and forth or without a, like a understanding whether the other person has actually like accepted that like I had a girl in the yeah. past who would be like well Hannah's like my my like hair mentor and this person well, I like I had worked with her in a salon before but it's like there was no she never asked me like will you be my mentor and I never agreed to that she just like would say that and I would just be like like we'd always be with um, uh, like a hair rep or something. And so I didn't want to be a dick and be like, you're just, like, I don't, I, I no. but you yeah. know, so I think, yeah. I think people's understanding of, and I've actually, I had what I would consider a mentor um, when I worked for an education company and, um, but it wasn't anyone I paid. It was someone who, it was like kind of the person who, set me up with the education gig and who really, really like poured time into me as a stylist and like cared and reached out to me and was like a, um, was like a middleman for, for a lot of the things I was going through. So it's interesting that, um, you know, our understanding of what positions in our life are such as a mentor can be two completely different things depending on like what your experience totally. are you know and also like what your idea of that is like yeah well I think I think you know because I do agree I think I've had mentors that it's kind of like they didn't know it but they were in a volunteer position of being a mentor you know what I mean mm -hmm. and um especially I think when you're younger but I I think too, then you have the people that you look up to from a distance, right? I have people that I watch what they do. I pay attention to what they do because I'm like, okay, maybe we're not in the same industry or we're not doing the exact same thing, but that's somebody that I, I really like what they have going on. And I, if I can learn something from them, I want to learn something from them. But again, I think the thing that like my takeaway from this is, you know, their journey can be inspiring to me. It doesn't mean I have to model my life after them, my business after them. You know, at the end of the day, I think, I truly think you are a lot of times going to know what's best for you and your business, but having somebody to soundboard ideas off of is, is a great thing. But I think too, on the flip side of mentorship, Han. I think when, where the payment comes in for me, at least is it becomes an exchange of energy, right? Because I know for me, I've had people that I've poured a lot into and 
and and not to say that they haven't poured back into me but it's not it's not the same thing you know I'm the person that they're coming to for xyz very constantly where you know what I'm coming to them for is maybe lighthearted and it's it's drastically different and so over time you find yourself like this isn't a continual conversation that I'm looking forward to having because I feel like I'm pouring a lot here and it's not being reciprocated back mm-hmm. and that and that's hard and it's it's draining and so that's where you know you have to be cautious and and this is something that a lot of my coaching girls talk about too like once they've people notice they notice what you're doing inside of your business as it slowly starts changing and then all of a sudden you start getting these you know texts or dms that are like hey can we go sit down for coffee i'd love to quote unquote pick your brain <laughs> and <laughs> and and figure out what's going on inside of your business where the stylist is like I don't want to do that. I just paid and I've put six months into my education of learning all of these things. I don't want to just hand it away to somebody who, because we have a friendship, feels entitled to the things that I have paid and, and the work I've done to learn. And then on top of it, if they do decide to go ahead with that coffee date, they sit and they watch the person not change anything. Because I truly feel a lot of times when you pay, you pay attention, Yeah. right? Hannah, we have walked people through what we have done to build our extension businesses over the lifespan of this podcast. It's been free, but how many of them have gone back to the beginning, listened to every episode, taken the things that we have said and done seriously and applied it to their business to help change their business? I'm sure there are some. But a lot of times change is hard. And, and when you're getting something for free, I think you a lot of times just take it for granted. You know, we started mm-hmm. this podcast to help stylists, but also I learned from the stylists in my DMs and in my comments that a free podcast wasn't enough. There was still a missing component, right? So whether that's the a closer individual access, you know what I mean? Having yeah. somebody be able to look inside of your business and say, Hey, this is what you're lacking. This is what maybe you should consider doing instead. But also the price tag that stings a little bit when you're making an investment into creating change in your business. If it stings your bank account, you're going to want to make sure that you're getting your money's worth. You're going to put the work in, you're going to do the hard thing because otherwise you're not going to feel like that investment was worth it. And at the end of the day, that ends up falling on you. Yeah. And that accountability and, um, and checking in too, like you said, you know, that's where I've made the biggest changes. And I think obviously you see it all the time, but it's like, you know, if, uh, if you agree to do something with anybody and, you know, they show up to whatever, the baseball game and they were like holding your seat and they got you nachos and they got you a drink and then they're just sitting there and they're like what the fuck like you told me you would be here you told me you would do this like where are you like is something wrong what's going on like that pressure is what most people need to even right. like, physically move into a different space and you know yeah. emotionally move into a different space and just to show up so yeah like you're absolutely right. So here's here's an interesting question. What is def, define either 
in, like mentor and coach in your own words or or maybe talk about what you personally think the differences are because like to me it's just like I look at it as a mentor is like I've had mentors in my church you know what I mean it's like yep yeah I'm not mentors are there's no price tag attached to that with my idea of that but coaching is something like or like a coach is something where I'm like that's someone you pay for but I could see how people could think the opposite like if you think about like a basketball coach when you're little like you're not paying them they're just (laughs) you know so it's like it could go both ways but like what's your I'm interested to know what your idea of that is if I'm being honest I use them interchangeably okay I think so for me and and again because I have people I've quote unquote coached for free. You know, if I think right. of this in That's context good. to Sam, to Sammy, right. Mm-hmm. I'm mentoring her or I'm coaching her as she's building up and I'm actually paying her yeah, that's to be coached by me, like, yeah. you know, but I, so I think those she's are, also an employee those are so there's like another layer to that, you know, totally, I mean? totally. But I think of that as like a, um, yeah, those are, they're interchangeable to me. And I think it kind of just depends on what, what verbiage you resonate more with. But I, I agree. I think I've had mentors and, and I would specifically say like, when I can recall having a quote unquote mentor that was somebody or, and it wouldn't have been a coach, but it was just like, almost like a role model or what's the, almost like big brother, little sister type of thing. Mm -hmm. I was like a teenager, you know what I mean? Where Mm -hmm. it was like, And I would say anyone else, as I've moved into my adult life, I guess it's, I've, I feel like I've paid to be a part of a coaching program or a mentorship where I'm expecting, I'm there to learn something. I'm there for, because of what the perceived value that I feel I'm going to get from learning under this person. And a lot of times too, what I've learned through coaching is that, you know, you can have an idea of like, you're going to get X, Y, Z from this person. But for me, a lot of it has been proximity, right? I want to be, I don't know what this person has, but I like what they have. I like what they're about. I like how they carry themselves. I like what they've built. I want to be close to that person. I want to be able to have a direct conversation with that person. So and I'm, I'm saying this because my sister and I are going to this, um, it's like a women's retreat in Newport Beach, California. It's a new program that for um, a conference we go out to every summer in Scottsdale. And she's having a high level retreat for six and seven figure women business owners. And Chance was asking me the other day, he was like, so what are you going to do there? And I was like, I have no idea. He's like, what do you mean? How are, how are you just like spending this amount of money that you're spending to go do something and you don't even know what's happening? I'm like, I know that this girl, that what she's creating, I, I like what she's doing. And I have gotten so much value at, from things that she has done at a lower price point in the past that I just want to be in the same room with her. I want to watch what she curates. I want to see the other women that she attracts because I want to be around people like that. I want people to challenge me and to push me. I want to be in that kind of a room that she's curating. So 
do I know what's on the other side of this retreat? It's two and a half days. It's more money on something like that than I've ever spent on anything else. And I, it, I wanted to throw up spending it, but no, I don't know what I'm going to get either. But like, I feel so confident going into it that it's going to be exactly what I need. And I'm going to get out of it exactly what I'm meant to get out of it on the other side of it. I also feel like you get, like, I tend to get the most out of things like that, that uh, when I don't have like these crazy expectations of what it's going to be like, like that, um, like business course I took during COVID, like, I didn't really know. I just knew like I was going to learn. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But like, that's, what's cool about it too. Like I was open to getting whatever out of it. It was freaking crazy and hard, but like it, it also kind of shakes you up when you don't exactly know, like it does something I think to your, your mind and your body. Like Mm -hmm. when you are a little bit like kind of just like scanning the room or like picking up like everything that you can, you know, like with all of your senses, instead of being like super relaxed and like walking into a space, like, I know this is an extension class. I know that there's going to be mannequin heads. I know, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of nice to keep yourself on your toes and just be open. Yeah. That's so, that's cool that you're doing that. And like, also it's, I think it's good too to do things that oh, I agree. It's good to do things that aren't like extension related and as an extension, you know, stylist. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, I think too, like you also get to a point where, at least for me, I got to a point in my business where it's like, okay, I built the business. I have the thing. And that was great for a while. And I think most, a lot of stylists get to that point where it's like, I, I broke the ceiling that I had above my head for financially, how much money I could make, how much money I could make on the amount of days that I was working. Like I really felt not that I had reached the top, right. Cause I don't have a desire to open a, a salon. I don't have a desire to create this huge team of people working underneath of me. So it got to the point of like, so what's my next chapter? Like, this is amazing. And this is satisfying, but I, I want, I still want more. I still want more out there. Um, and it, it was the next easy, I don't, I won't say easy, like flippantly, but it's like the most natural next step was, okay, how can I help other stylists build a business in a similar way that I built my business? So then that required me to, it's different building the business yourself versus teaching people how to build the business. So that's where Mm -hmm. I had to start looking for help on that aspect. You know, what do I do when somebody has a huge mindset block that, you know, if they're like, yeah, I can't raise my price like that. Like, am I just going to sit there and be like, okay, then don't, you know what I mean? Like, then they're not going to get the result that they (laughs) would, that they desire. I couldn't do it. I'm not that good. But like, it is, yeah, it's a very specific skill to like, to be able to like you when you hit a roadblock like coaching girls I feel like you're you're one of your like what you're good at and what you've dialed in is like finding a different route to get to like them to where they want to be like whereas I would hit a roadblock and be like ways just turn it around like that's (laughs) we're going back to where we came from literally we're just gonna we're gonna find a new destination you know it's like it is you have patience and you have like a very specific skill and like but also you've really like mastered that like you've taken the time to do that and 
and we all get to like kind of decide like what we want to master like what we find interesting and I think another thing too is like sometimes people want things that they don't even they think they want something or they think they want to be like someone or (laughs) I can't stop so oh my mind is so annoying I just keep thinking of like I'm not it's this is so off track anyways we think we want something that like we just we just think somebody's cool you know like we don't even want what they have or want to be them yeah we just are like they're cute and their like skin looks really good and like their dogs cute. so yeah just finding like that was one of the most fun things I think when I when I had to like rethink my business when I got pregnant again and just was like whoa Nelly like I got to be like actually want to do here like what what drives me enough to like work towards it not just like what I think I should be doing yes yeah and that's that's kind of what you're doing with this conference is like you find you know that set of those those girls that you look up to or like that you find interesting like you find their work so inspiring or so it's drawing you in and so like you followed that you know, and like, yep. we all have those things that like, don't have to necessarily be extension related or even business related that like, will yeah. reveal like different, different things to you that I think kind of like layer on in a, you know, the positive aspects of you, which like bleeds into your business. Yeah. Well, and that's, I, I completely, I completely agree with it, with you and, and what you said. And I, going into this experience like I'm going into it with two different lenses right I'm going into it on the personal development side for myself of like what can I take from this personally you know what areas am I holding myself back or what areas you know do I need to focus on personally but then from a business lens what can I take that I'm learning or watching unfold in front of me and and is there a way that I can take a few things from this experience and apply it either in the, in a similar way, or can I create something inside of my business that was inspired by that? And so that's kind of where I'm, I'm going into this, looking at it that way. Um, Because I, again, I know I'm not the only person that is looking for experiences like this. I know I'm not the only person who wants to have friends or peers who are, are doing other cool things or doing similar things where like, not only is it really fun to watch you, but I'm, I'm mutually inspired by you. And I have found myself, I'm not super inspired inside of hair extensions any longer. And that's not a dig on hair extensions that's not a dig on our industry but like I look at my own content and I'm like I I'm personally not inspired by that anymore um and I think that's part of why I've struggled with my content over the last year because I'm like I but I also I'm not my ideal client right now and that's the thing I have to like keep reminding myself of but I know I know who my ideal client is so well that my ideal client I don't want to say they're on a similar path, but they are craving very similar things that I have craved. 
And so I want to think of ways that I can bridge that gap for what they are desiring and, and how to create an experience that can give them that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think, I think what a lot of people are learning now too, we can wrap this up too. Any? Yeah, we've just been all over this. <laughs> I mean, we got to sit here forever, but like I, what I've, um, I guess like what I've seen is, and just kind of noticed is that because so many, um, people, not just in, in hair extensions, but in general have the ability and the tools to, you know, have their own business or, um, be a part of a small business or just like make money doing something they truly enjoy. I think a lot of people are starting to realize you can have, you can have, you can work on your own personal development without having any type of business. So you can just be, you can Absolutely. be, you can be my husband. You can be like a, a lineman um, who fixes power poles, but also go home and like, you know, read, uh, you know, a book that helps you like think about maybe some childhood trauma or you can watch YouTube videos that like help you work out some of your emotions you can do that by itself. You can have personal development by itself and then have a separate business. Yeah. I think we're all coming to a point though, as small business people where we're, I'm absolutely understand. Like I can't have a successful small business without that personal development. I can have that yes. personal development by itself and then have a separate job that I go to, yep. but you can't have the job of a small business without the personal development. So it's, I, it's yeah. like you, I think you used to, you know, small businesses just used to be different. I think stylists in general used to be, it used to be more of a job, you know, and I think so much in small businesses and, and like as independent stylists, like we're all like, kind of like, duh, it's just, it's literally, this whole thing is about me. So if I'm wrecked, then like, this isn't gonna, I can't move forward, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so, yeah. I loved, I loved what you said about, you know, like kind of you, you, for you, you can't have the business without the personal development. And I think for me, the business was my gateway into the t personal development that I need. And now the personal development is like the passion that is fueling my business. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think when we first started out, you could we could get lucky. Stylists could still get lucky and still kind of stumble into massive success in mm -hmm. business with without really like figuring ourselves out that deep or like dealing with our own shit. But I feel like everything is so transparent and so fast moving now that like yeah. the barrier to entry is like having some sort of like grasp on yourself because like there's just no time for like for things to be messy inside your business and typically we are the messy in inside our business you know uh, yes 100 percent. Like, you can't you know like my husband's job he would still be great at his job whether he was working on himself and his his personal problems but like I don't think we can, as stylists and as small business people, be great inside our job without doing the work on, on ourselves, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
So it's very interesting. Do you think, do you think, I don't know. Do you think that people can do it backwards? Like, like you just said, like you stumbled upon personal development after business. Do you think that there's still that opportunity now? Because I, I don't think that it's there. I think, yeah, I, I actually do. I do think you can. I mean, of course. I know. just. There's outliers, but. I, it's hard to talk from something that's not your own experience, right? So I think for me, it's like, well, it makes sense because you get to a point in your business where either your business is like something's got to give and it's going to be you or it's going to be your business. And if you don't figure your own stuff out, which you think you're going into figure out your business, but you end up figuring out yourself. So for me, like, it's hard to say, do I think it's possible? I would say, yes, it's probably possible. I think maybe people go into a personal development journey and then who knows, they could end up starting a business on the other side of it. I actually would probably say that's actually, there's a huge likelihood of that just because of the- That's more likely, I think, too. That there's a group, you know, the- um, the event that we're going to like and the conference that we go to every year, I would say a, a lot of the women that are attending there, you know, they work normal nine to five jobs or they work, they have a quote unquote normal life and don't own a business yet, but they are connecting with the message of the, you know, personal development side of that. And then who knows if they go on to create a personal develop or a business from there. Yeah. It's, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting um, thing to think about. Yeah. Because I agree. I think things are, um, you know, just changing very rapidly and it's, it's, it's exciting to think about, I think. I agree. It's really, really fun. We sure Put in the time on this one and I really really about it I know I feel like should we apologize no or... no it was very natural it's not like we were like let's talk for 81 minutes straight I know but you know what again like I feel like we had conversation ideas and every single time we have conversation ideas we just end up running it and this was not a planned conversation this was not <laughs> anything like that but again I I think these conversations are so fun. Yeah, me too. And it, it works because, you know, uh, we don't we don't have the exact same opinions on everything. And I think that's what makes things interesting is like we have respect for each other and we're friends. But like, you know, it's um, it's interesting just to like work things out and like see things from a different point of view. Yeah, I agree. Well, I agree. if you I love you, this was great. Yeah. If you made it to this point, thank you so much. And we love you guys. And we will talk to you next time. Love you. Bye. All right. Love you. Bye. Thank you.